Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who pointed you to Jesus? Think back. Who pointed you to Jesus? When you were a child, or maybe it was when you were an adult, who was it that pointed you to Jesus? Was it your parents? A Sunday school teacher? A pastor? A friend? A stranger? At some point, someone, more likely actually a whole bunch of someones, pointed you to Jesus. And hopefully that's still the case. That's what I seek to do every Sunday throughout the week. We have faithful elders and Sunday school teachers and simply fellow members of the body of Christ And we are given to one another to encourage each other and to keep pointing one another to Jesus. In fact, it's through such voices that Jesus speaks to us and calls us to follow him. Now, those pointing you to Jesus, they also have a profound impact on how you think about Jesus, don't they? I've known people who were brought up in churches that were extremely legalistic and they, they grow up thinking of Jesus as a lawgiver, as someone who must always be obeyed and they don't know the love of Jesus, but they certainly know the law of God. Sadly, there are many who have been given false ideas about Jesus and even given a false Jesus. So, what we say of Jesus as we point others to him, it matters. How we speak about Jesus to others, to children, to friends, to unbelievers, to fellow believers, it shapes how others think of him. In today's gospel reading, John the Baptist points his disciples to Jesus. And what John says in pointing them to Jesus, it's quite telling. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, John goes on from there and he explains more about who this Jesus is to his disciples and how he knows who this Jesus is to his disciples. But think about this. If if you were pointing someone to Jesus, what would you want them to know about him? There are, of course... A whole lot of things that could be said about Jesus, right? There's no shortage, no, no, uh, no little bit that uh, could, could sum up everything, right? Our creeds detail who this Jesus is, right? God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. We just confessed that a minute ago, right? That's a lot. That's a mouthful. And that's just scratching the surface of who this Jesus is. We could, we could sing some of the hymns. We just got done singing hymns about who this Jesus is. We could, you know, Jesus' name above all names. Beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us. Blessed Redeemer, living word. We got all kinds of titles for Jesus in there, right? And they're all true and they're all biblical. Knowing who Jesus is and rightly knowing who he is matters deeply. 
So why, why, do you think, why do you think it is that John chooses this title when he's pointing his disciples to Jesus for the first time? He could have used a whole bunch of different titles, couldn't he? He could have said, look, here he is, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who reigns eternally. He could have said, behold, the Messiah, long promised by God, who has come to set his people free. He could have said, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah who will crush the enemy. All of those things would have been true of Jesus, of course. He is the son of David, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He does crush the enemy. But I suspect John didn't use those first in speaking of Jesus because there were so many misunderstandings. He doesn't speak of Jesus as the Messiah first because, well, there were all kinds of messianic expectations, many of which were very, very incorrect. John didn't speak of Jesus as king because then they would have thought, oh, he's come to overthrow Herod. He's come to overthrow the Romans. That's why he's here. I suspect Jesus, uh, John spoke of Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because this distills the person and work of Jesus quite nicely into one little phrase, doesn't it? He is the Lamb which the disciples right away would have picked up on the connection with the Old Testament sacrifices. He's the lamb. John doesn't say, behold, a lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but what? Behold, the lamb. This is the lamb that God has sent to take away the sins of the world. He's the Lamb of God. Not merely any Lamb, but the one given by God for this purpose. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In other words, here's the sacrificial offering for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of your children and your neighbor and your friends and even your enemies. He is, as Hebrews tells us, the once-for-all sacrifice for the sins of all people. You know, death is not our greatest enemy, but it's the result of sin. Satan is not our greatest enemy, but he tempts us to sin. Sin is our greatest enemy because it separates us from God and it separates us from others. It harms us, it harms others, it leads to death, and we can't overcome it. And that's why Jesus came. He came to bear our sin. He came to take the just punishment for sin as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So all of the sins are placed upon him in baptism, in the, in the baptism in the Jordan. Here's, here's the anointing. And all of our sins, as we're baptized into him, are placed on him. He bears them, takes them to the cross, pays for them in full. Jesus came as the Lamb of God so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we can have a right relationship with God, so that we can be called children of God. Well, the two disciples of John heard this, and they followed Jesus. They didn't understand everything yet, but they knew they needed to be near Jesus. 
One of those disciples was a man named Andrew. And after spending some time with Jesus, Andrew goes and he finds his brother, Simon Peter, and he says, we have found the Messiah. And they had. Or actually, really, the Messiah had found them. Through the voice of John the Baptist, Andrew was called to follow Jesus. Through the voice of Andrew, Simon Peter was called to follow Jesus. And I suspect Peter never forgot what his brother Andrew told him of Jesus. You know, Andrew was one of those that heard, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and he goes and follows Jesus, and then he goes and finds his brother Simon Peter, and he says, Hey, we found the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I I suspect Peter never forgot that, because in his first epistle, listen to what he wrote. You were ransomed from the feudal ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Now, how many people do you think heard the call to faith in Jesus through Peter? (laughs) Here is this early church leader, right? One of the, the big leaders of the early church, And he had heard the call from his brother who had heard the call from John the Baptist who was sent by God to reveal Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This idea of of Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world was, of course, true. And it's not just true, but it's helpful because it puts at the forefront, at the center the purpose for which Jesus had come into the world, to save sinners by laying down his life for them. Well, we started out this morning, we started out by asking the question, who pointed you to Jesus? And maybe you can think back and you can spend some time this week giving thanks to God for those people who have pointed you to Jesus. Maybe if you still have contact with them, you could send them a letter or give them a phone call and and thank them for that. But I want to finish today uh, thinking about this. Who are you pointing to Jesus? And what are you telling them about him? If you're a parent, this begins in your household with your children. You, You talk to them about Jesus. You talk with them to Jesus in prayer. You help them to know Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If you're, if you're retired, you think, oh, I don't have any connections with anybody anymore. Oh, sure you do. You have a phone. You have email. You have the ability to write cards and write no- notes and write letters. You have people all around you that you can continue to direct to Jesus. And you can tell them that this Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. No matter who you are. You have people all around you who need to be directed to Jesus. They need to know that in Jesus, their sins are forgiven. Through Jesus, they have new life. Because of Jesus, they can have a right relationship with God, and they can have life everlasting that is to come. Peter became that early leader in the church, but he became that leader after hearing the call of Jesus through his brother Andrew, who heard it through John the Baptist. This is all God at work, wasn't it? (laughs) 
They were the mouthpieces of Jesus, calling sinners to repentant faith. And God's still calling, isn't he? He calls through my voice, but he calls through your voice. He calls sinners to come, to follow him, because he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My sins, your sins, the sins of the whole world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Follow him and make him known. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.